Noted Money Watch, a podcast series where we talk about the latest news and views on finance stories and how they affect you. My name is Abhishek and today's topic is one that has been around in the news for a long, long time, especially in the last few weeks and months, and it's that of rupee depreciation. In fact, on June 22nd, we had a record of sorts when rupee touched 57.32 against the dollar. And to talk about that with us on the call is Indronil Pan, the chief economist at Kotak Bank. Hi, Indronil. Nice to have you here. Hi, Abhishek. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on the call. Great. Thank you. And uh, Indronil, this is what we have in the news nowadays on the pink papers. The moment something goes wrong, even by a couple of paise here and there with the rupee, when you compare it to the dollar, we have it on the front pages. We have opinion columns. We've got news channels calling in experts and they have long discussions on TV. What is the big deal about rupee depreciation? What do you mean by rupee depreciation in the first place in layman's terms, Indronil? In layman's terms, what it really means is that how many dollars you can actually buy with one unit of currency. And because Indian currency is uh, weaker than the global currency, we refer it to as one dollar is equal to so many rupees. So it is one dollar buys, say, 45 rupees. That is one level of currency that you have. But the moment one dollar actually buys 50 rupees, or you have to pay 50 rupees to buy one dollar, in the global market, that is another level of currency. Now, the 45 rupees to 50 rupees is basically called the depreciation of the currency. So basically, it means to say that the price of the dollar in terms of your own currency actually increases. Similarly, if you are right now at 50 rupees to a dollar, which means that I pay 50 rupees to get one dollar, and that comes down 45 rupees to a dollar, so I have to pay 45 rupees to get one dollar, it actually means that your currency has appreciated. So the price of your currency is much better and you can actually therefore purchase more dollars with the same amount of rupee. Right. And in the last year, I read that the rupee has fallen more than 26%. So is it good or bad then? Or am I asking the right question? (laughs) Yeah, definitely you're asking the right question. And I think the whole debate of whether it is good or bad is the reason why you see rupee depreciation stories being on the front page as you referred to. Now, to the external world, the value of the currency actually provides the foreign investors a peek into the type of fundamentals that the domestic situation has. So, for example, if a global guy wants to invest into India, he would definitely look at the rupee dollar rate or the currency value and the likely direction of that currency to gauge what is the type of sentiment that could prevail in the country. A rupee dollar rate which is sort of on a depreciation path, that is, as I said, from a 45 to a 50, it actually is a bad situation for India given the fact that the Indian corporations have a lot of debt in dollars. So therefore, suppose they have one dollar of debt which had come in when the currency was at 45. So that $1 after it came in could be converted into 45 rupees and invested. Now, when the corporation has to repay back the dollar, it possibly now has to buy that same $1 by with rupees 55. That's not good for him. That's bad for India because the economic gains that he had gained out of putting up that capacity gets eroded because now you have to pay back a lot more in rupee terms. Any example that comes to mind? 
it can be it can be any company who uh, for its expansion plans has taken for example an external commercial borrowing an ecb which is called in acronym terms and as i was explaining that if he has got in 1 dollar and if he has converted into rupees at 45 rupees the moment he has to repay that 1 dollar if he has to repay at 55 rupees he is actually repaying 10 rupees more so that is obviously not good from his rupee balance sheet point of view so it's an erosion in terms of the rupee balance sheet point of view and and i think what is more relevant for the indian situation is that at one point in time when the indian economy was growing at 9 9.5% and uh, we were getting a lot of inflows from the global world but the currency was appreciating and therefore there was this belief that the indian situation with its growth rate relatively higher than the global growth rate would continue to attract dollars rather than on the other side so we were expecting appreciation of the currency to happen in a continuous way and that is where the corporates got everything wrong so what went wrong how did the forecasters or the pundits get the whole calculation wrong does it have anything to do with the overall gloom in the world economy or is it more to it how did suddenly the rupee start to nose dive because 26% in the past year is quite a lot isn't it yeah it's actually on both sides in the sense that for a global guy if you really want to put money anyways for an individual money is becoming scarce globally so there is not too much of money that can be pushed into emerging markets and including india that's number one from the domestic side also i think a lot of responsibility lies with us in the sense that as i said the currency value is one immediate indicator and a parameter that the foreign guys follow in terms of trying to figure out where is the strength stroke weakness of the domestic economy and i think there we got a lot of things wrong in the sense our growth rate started to fall subsequently our fiscal deficit which is another big thing that people globally track in any country that they are putting their money in which is basically the health of the government in terms of its finances that also weakened in a very significant way we started to have very high inflation levels which is something that is a no no from a more uh, stable macroeconomic perspective so overall the sentiment on the strength of the country uh, was weakening in a very significant way and hence people externally whatever little money they had to distribute among emerging markets they were not really looking at india as one good solid investment destination that is the problem that we faced and on the other side as you know we have to import most of our oil now oil prices were on the higher side they were at around 120 125 now it has come down to it came below 100 dollars a barrel so that has again gone up so we have to pay for oil in dollar terms and that is the reason why the demand for dollars also increased and that is the reason why we started seeing such a huge amount of currency depreciation happening right so it's all a vicious cycle right because the demand for petrol in a growing economy is so huge and at the same time somebody like ongc which imports most of its oil it complains that don't blame us the rupee is falling and that's why you're you're feeling the pinch when it comes to paying for your petrol for going to work in the morning absolutely i think everything is a circular sort of tie up logic from a more macroeconomic perspective and i just mentioned that the fiscal problems are getting larger 
and the fiscal problems are getting larger because as you rightly said ongc has to pay a lot higher for its crude imports but the government is not being able to pass it on to the consumer for example diesel prices that the petrol pumps charge you is much lower than what the actual price should be given the uh, global crude oil prices so which is basically the subsidy component that we talk about and the reason why the government gives a subsidy is basically to safeguard the poor people from inflation if diesel prices are raised diesel is mostly used in trucks the trucks transport your food grains from the farms to the market so automatically if the price of the transport goes up because diesel prices have gone up the food prices that reach your plates will also be going up so that is the reason why the government gives the subsidies to prevent the inflation hitting the lowest segment of the population and this is just met out of the fiscal the government earns 1 rupee but has to spend 1 and a half rupees and the 50 paisa that additional the government spends is a deficit no wonder that even if you have a slight fall in the rupee even if it's a few paise when you blow it up in terms of the indian economy then it multiplies the effect on the same count indronil there are companies which probably would rejoice right for instance somebody in the it sector like infosys or tcs it has a client let's say like ford motors example in the us so if they were charging 1 dollar for a piece of software earlier they were getting 45 rupees now for the same dollar they are getting up to 53 it's good news for some industries then isn't that right absolutely for all industries that export their commodities need a pharma or need a services as you rightly said uh, the it for the tourism industry in india who invites a lot of the foreign travelers into the country all of them would be rejoicing no doubt because the as you rightly said the rupee value of these services go up significantly but on the other side rupee value is possibly the only thing that has led to an upshot in their uh, top line and the actual business may not be growing for these companies because the global demand is not so strong so it's a it's a very if and but statement therefore in such a situation when the rupee value has actually gone down by 26% you need to evaluate what are the positives of this rupee value going down and what are the negatives and in the current scenario it does look like the fact that the negatives are significantly higher than the positives is it because we import a lot more than some other countries because it's surprising you say that in japan and china apparently they use this technique of having a currency which is far more depreciated in comparison to the dollar and they actually surged ahead for some portion of their uh, time china is doing it even today so why isn't india not able to reap the benefit of depreciation of the rupee rather we are mostly complaining about it No, I think I would not totally agree to the Chinese model because our development, uh, we were very clear from the very beginning that we will have an open market determined currency, which is basically a purely uh, interaction of the demand and supply. And the value of the currency, which is the 45 rupees to a dollar or 50 rupees to a dollar, gets determined out of uh, how much is the demand and the supply of the dollars at that point in time. so that's a very transparent system that we had and the china model and the india model is strictly not comparable but i think to a certain extent uh, the depreciation of the currency if taken in the right spirit might lead to a better competitive power for india 
and as the global system sort of revives we might be able to reap the benefit of rupee depreciation in terms of higher exports but the unfortunate fact of the matter is that we have not been able to reduce say for example our crude imports even when we know that the price of crude is higher now we all know that when prices of a certain commodity goes up we actually reduce our consumption but in india it doesn't really happen so far as crude imports are concerned and one of the reason is that we are not rightly pricing our diesel lpg etc to the end user so there is no incentive of the end user which is basically a person like me who would be driving a diesel car to reduce the consumption of the diesel again it's a very closed uh, intertwined logic as to why we are not being able to reduce our imports of oil because there are distortions somewhere else and that is the reason we are not being able to reduce the imports of oil right while all of this is happening in india this seems to be great news for an indian working abroad because when he repatriates his income back to india his parents get a little more out of it because if he 100 dollars in the bank account of his parents in india it suddenly is 100 into 55 instead of 100 into 50 that it was earlier so it's a good deal for the nri community then no absolutely i think that is one segment who can laugh their way to bank at this point in time we have been getting a lot of these nri inflows so that is also a certain positive for the india's balance of payments which is basically an accounting of the inflows and outflows that happen by india respective to the rest of the world yes you are right in saying that uh, that is the benefit that nris are gaining and that is the benefit what the indian system is also getting because we are getting these dollar inflows from the nris who are abroad so it's a win win for both the parties i would say in that respect because at this point in time a depreciation of the currency means that we need additional flows to prevent any further depreciation of the currency right how do you think uh, the indian common man should react to this or how can he plan better in terms of his investments apart from doing little things like carpooling to go to work rather not take one car all by oneself apart from that how can he plan his investments in today's world of this kind of volatility that is not in his hands at all uh, i think it's a, a difficult question to answer in the sense that a person who is earning in rupees and who is looking at investment only in rupee terms purely may not be uh, needing to bother about a currency depreciation in the strict sense of the term because for him the dollar leg does not exist at all but having said that i think people who are interested in the equity markets possibly can be looking at the sectors which are likely to gain out of a depreciated currency which is basically the it the pharma etc and who has more of an exports uh, rather than an import so these are the entities that one should be looking at from the uh, equity investments perspective right and there is nothing to be worried then for the common man when he reads in the pink papers like i do on the front pages it's not exactly a worrisome fact is it when the rupee goes down that much then and and the current account deficit 4% and all of that that we read i would not say that it is not something that you can wish away uh, totally uh, from uh, from uh, an entity who is sitting in india because as i said at the very beginning a currency level also indicates the strength or weakness of the economy so if you are not getting adequate funds from abroad you might not be able to grow at 9% you would possibly be growing at 6% or 6.5% so if a company where you are working is growing at a lower rate obviously your salary increments would be lower 
So overall, I think the common man definitely gets affected by the currency movements that are. But what I'm trying to imply is that from his 100 rupee of investments that he wants to make in today's scenario, if he is investing in rupee assets, uh, like a bank fixed deposit or uh, equity market or any other avenues, he would possibly not be too perturbed about the currency when he is looking at investing this 100 rupees uh, into the market. Right. I think on that note, thanks a lot, Indronil, for your time. Thank you very much. And listeners, you can get this podcast on www.nrimatters.com slash podcast as well as theindicast.com. And in case you have any further questions, you can chat live with Indronil on the 30th of August at 3.30 p.m. on www.facebook.com slash nrimatters. And to subscribe to us on iTunes, just type in Kotak Money Watch on your search window on iTunes. It's free. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely that of its participants and may not necessarily be subscribed by Kotak Mahindra Bank Limited or any of its group companies.